Side Hustle Show 186. Happiness is a skill, and this five-minute habit can help you get better at it. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where it's all about ideas, action, and results toward building job-free income. Today's show is more of an ideas episode, and specifically, we're talking about the idea and the concept and the practice of meditation. Now, admittedly, sitting in silence and focusing on your breath is not going to directly make you any more money or cross any of the important tasks tasks off of your to-do list. But there's some science behind this. A five-minute daily meditation habit could improve your health, your mental focus, and most importantly, your happiness. Now, I know I shy away from the woo-woo stuff on the show, and I promise a return to your regularly scheduled side hustle show programming next week, but that's the ultimate goal of your side hustle anyway, right? To lead a happier life. Now, I've attempted to get into meditation in the past year or two, mainly because all of a sudden it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I really haven't been able to stick with it. So if you're in the same boat, I want you to stick around to the end of the episode and learn how you can join me in just a free 30-day meditation challenge. Maybe we can frame it that way and see if we can collectively develop this habit to, to see some positive results from it as well. My guest today is Dan Harris. He's somebody you might recognize from TV. He's actually an Emmy Award-winning journalist and co-anchor of ABC's Nightline in the weekend edition of Good Morning America. As a side hustle, he wrote a book called 10% Happier and also created the 10% Happier app, which is a guided meditation app available in iTunes, and you can find more at 10percenthappier.com. Now, Dan says his most embarrassing moment was a 2004 panic attack on live TV, which in watching the YouTube video didn't actually look that bad to me, but he said that sent him on an odyssey to try and calm the voices in his head which ultimately led to meditation. Now, before we get our Zen on, I want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. Uh, FreshBooks, as you know, is the affordable small business accounting software for side hustlers and freelancers with invoicing and time tracking built right in. You can get started with your 30-day free trial at FreshBooks.com slash side hustle. I'll be back to tell you a little bit more about FreshBooks, plus my top takeaways from this chat with Dan after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. So I, I was super skeptical about meditation, really not into it at all my, my whole life. I mean, to the extent that I even thought about meditation, I thought it was And what changed my mind was hearing about the science. You know, the science is really in its early stages, but I, I think it's safe to say that it strongly suggests that meditation provides a long list of really interesting health benefits like lowering your blood pressure and boosting your immune system and literally rewiring key parts of your brain that have to do with emotional regulation, focus, which is a huge issue in this age of distraction, stress, compassion, self-awareness. So it's really interesting stuff. It made me realize that, that meditation has been on the, the wrong end of the worst marketing campaign for anything ever. Even the last five years or so, even really like, like the last three years, all of a sudden, every business leader, every coach and mentor you, you talk to, they're like, well, this is, this is like a critical part of my, of my daily routine. And it's like, why, why are we just hearing about it now, uh, you know, in the mainstream? And I don't know. It's just a weird, I've had a hard time getting into it. I don't blame you. So the problem when I first started looking into it was that the science wasn't super well publicized. 
And that changed a lot of minds. And that's why I think we're seeing all these folks in the business community and also the military and entertainment and athletic communities as well get into it. So now we have some sort of more mainstream acceptance, but then you get a fresh set of problems. One is I, th- I suspect people like you are like, well, this is just a fad and I don't want to hop on board. You know, this is going to be like, you know, the Palm Pilot or whatever. It's just a fad that, that goes away. And then the, there's the issue that you expressed to me before we started recording, which is that a lot of people just can't get into it or they feel this is the bigger thing. They feel like it's impossible for them specifically because they can't, quote unquote, clear the mind, which I'll say this a million times if you give me the opportunity is impossible unless you're enlightened or dead. Okay. <laughs> and so the the people going in with this expectation that you're going to clear the mind is actually the biggest problem because it's a every 8-year-old tries to stop thinking and realize, "Oh, you can't do that." And so if you go into meditation expecting you're going to float off into the cosmos in this thought-free bliss field or whatever, you're going to have a frustrating experience. And maybe that was what was a challenge for me. It was, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was just like I was sitting there on the floor. I was using the Headspace app at the time with their like free trial. And I just kept thinking like I could be doing some way more productive things with these 10 minutes. And I don't know, like how did you overcome that challenge? I imagine the first few sessions were, you know, similarly frustrating for you. Dude, it's frustrating right now. <laughs> okay. And I've been doing it for whatever, seven years. The way to think about it is like, you know, and Headspace talks about this, that they call it a gym membership for the mind. The way to think, I think that's a pretty good analogy. I talk about it the same way, that, that if you go to the gym and you are not sweating and panting, then you're cheating. This isn't meant to be some something easy. It is exercise for your mind and your brain, and it's, it's going to take some work. The other thing to know is that, you wouldn't come to me and, and say, oh, Dan, you know, I picked up a violin the other day for the first time in my life and I couldn't play box, so I suck at this thing. I'm never going to do it again. But people do use that argument all the time with meditation. and it, it is, I understand it, but it is a little crazy when you think about it in that light. This is, people have been doing this for millennia and people dedicate their entire lives to this. It is a skill and an art. And again, like the first time you do any new skill, it's going to take a little while. What would you say is like for, for starters, what does that first practice look like? Or what does that first week look like? So there are any number of ways you can get started. I mean, I like to recommend that it, it, meditation, there are thousands of kinds of meditation. I, when I talk about meditation, I'm talking about something called mindfulness meditation, which is the kind of meditation that mostly is, is being done in the business community. And there are a lot of ways to get started. I think it should be either cheap or free. We, we like those things. Yeah. So most people do. In, in the free department, you can just get really good meditation instructions, uh, like on the website for the for UCLA. Uh, they have something called the, the Mindfulness Mindful Awareness Research Center, and they have meditations instruction meditation okay. instructions out there. Sam Harris, who's a very popular podcaster and a friend of mine, has meditation instructions on his website. Sharon Salzberg is a really uh, also a really good friend of mine and is a meditation teacher, uh, is, has them on her website. And then there, then there are apps, which all have free trials. So there's Headspace, which you used. I have an app called 10% Happier, uh, specifically geared for people like you. We call it Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. Yes. We're really aiming at you, and we have a free trial too. And then if you like what we do, you it's, you know, whatever, 10 bucks a month or if you go for an annual plan, it's even less. And then the other thing you can do is go to a class. In most major cities, even some mid-sized cities, have meditation classes, and I think I think those are really helpful. And so, what's it going to look like? It's going to look a little difficult and awkward because you're what you're going to do is you're going to sit and try to focus on one thing, which is your breath. 
uh, usually, and you're going to get lost a million times. You're just going to have to get used to this feeling of starting over and over and over. And every time you do that, it's a bicep curl for your brain. Meditation is not about reaching some special state. Meditation is about the act of starting over. That is the magic moment. So as soon as you notice that you've become distracted, that's a win. That is actually the reframing that needs to happen so that people understand that when they think they're failing, they're actually succeeding. Okay. Uh, So that's what we're working on a lot. We're still really in our embryonic stages. We just started as as a company, but that's the psychology we're trying to instill in people to reframe these moments that a lot of us use as an opportunity for self-flagellation into um, something closer to self-congratulations or confidence that you are doing this right. And what is the benefit of this, you may ask? The benefit is that this daily collision with the voice in your head, who I refer to as the in your head, will help you resist its terrible suggestions so that you're not eating the 18th cookie or saying the thing that's going to ruin the next 48 hours of your marriage or losing your in the middle of an important meeting or having road rage or whatever the voice in our head which does all the things about which we are the most embarrassed which you know is responsible for all of those terrible decisions we make you can have a different relationship with it that's mindfulness so that you so that you're not you know biting the hook and acting on every passing impulse and urge and desire Okay, so it's a, it's a bicep curl for your brain. So I'm sitting there, eyes open, eyes closed, doesn't matter. Okay, so the three steps for a beginning meditator are sit comfortably. You don't have to sit cross-legged, sit in a chair, sit on the floor, whatever you want. I think it helps to have your spine reasonably straight so that you don't fall asleep, although, you know, worse things could happen. People do fall asleep all the time. I do myself. Closing your eyes is what a lot of people do, although you can leave them open slightly if you want. Uh, The second step is to bring your full attention to the feeling, the raw sensations of your breath coming in and going out. So you pick a spot like your nose or your chest or your belly, and you just try to feel your breath coming in and going out. And the third step is the key. This is what I've talked about a little bit. The third step is as soon as you try to do this, your mind's going to go crazy. You're going to start thinking about what am I – what am I going to have for lunch? Do I need a haircut? Why did I say that dumb thing to my boss? Why did Dances with Wolves beat uh, Goodfellas for Best Picture in 1991? Whatever. Your mind's going to go nuts. And the whole game is just to notice when you become distracted and to start again and again and again. And not only is that a bicep curl for your brain, but it's breaking a lifetime's habit of walking around in a fog of rumination and projection and, and actually just focusing on what's happening right now. And that, that practice of returning to center, returning to the breath, is training your brain to be better focused and and ultimately be 10% happier like when, when you're not in this practice? Yeah, look, I mean, 10% happier is a total joke. I just pulled that out of my <laughs> rear end. But, but I like it because it's true enough. You know, like this isn't going to solve all of your problems. And anybody who tells you that they've got a panacea is, I think, somebody to be suspicious of. Sure. But it will, it will, over time, really, again, change that relationship with your inner narrator, which is the most intimate part of your life and which most of us don't even realize exists. You know, we don't even... We're not even aware that we're having this nonstop conversation with ourselves. I think having more mindfulness, and again, mindfulness I define as just the ability to know what's happening in your mind without being carried away by it, will gradually improve your relationships and your work life over time through boosting your focus and, and lowering your propensity for being yanked around by your emotions. And I also think that the 10% compounds annually, you know, that if I'm going to stay with this, because uh, I'm now stuck with math jokes the rest of my life because I wrote this stupid book. But <laughs> I, I, re- I really do feel that in my own experience that after doing this for seven years, you, you, it is a skill. It is still very difficult 
for me at times meditation, but I have gotten better and I see the benefits compounding. I like that compound effect, compounding interest and, and the slight edge and all that stuff. What kind of time commitment are we looking at to get started with this habit if, if it's not already a habit already? Oh, I think five to 10 minutes a day is great. Oh, okay. Okay. And just, and just one, one session per day? Yeah. I mean, although, you know, I realize now I, I came out of the box as a, you know, when I, two and a half years ago when the book came out, I was, and, and up until recently, I've been recommending that the dailiness is really important. But I realize now that actually that is off-putting to some people because, you know, you, I think you can have a pretty good practice at four or five days or wh- whatever. You know, I think there is importance to dailiness because, you know, the having a daily collision with the voice in your head really does help you see that it's there and not to take it so seriously. But I would say as much as you can do, as, as frequently as you can do is important. So I usually recommend five to 10 minutes a day to start. And that's what I think if you did that in perpetuity, I think you would derive most, if not all of the advertised benefits. Okay. And I just wanted to react to something you said at the beginning, which is you kept thinking during your 10 minutes that you could be doing other stuff during that period. That is actually a really useful moment because that is a time when you can see that that is just a thought. Yeah, I should be returning, returning my, my focus to my breath at that point. Yes, but, but also that you, it's a really powerful insight into the nature of thinking, which we, you know, thoughts, my meditation teacher likes to refer to thoughts as little dictators in the mind. We, because we have a thought, we think it is true. So you had this thought involuntarily, I might add, you know, like you didn't invite the thought, it just came and you took it to be true. But it is just a little quantum burst of energy in your mind with no necessary connection to reality. And seeing that can help you when you have the thought of maybe later in the day of, oh, I should say this obnoxious thing to my wife, or I should lose my temper with my baby, or I should send this email that's going to ruin my work relationship with X or Y colleague. So then you start to, again, the, the, the contents of your consciousness, the activity of your mind, you have some non-judgmental remove right there. And so uh, that moment when the thought, the voice in your head tells you, hey, you, there are other things you could be doing, you can co-opt to that and turn it into something really useful for yourself. Now, how long did you stick with this or did you commit to stick to this before you either said, okay, I'm, I'm feeling better, like I'm seeing some you know, concrete results from this or like I'm going to bag it like this is just hippie woo-woo stuff? It took me one session to realize that it wasn't hippie woo-woo stuff. Okay, okay. So I saw very clearly that this is exercise for your brain. So there isn't, you know, all the stuff, you know, lighting candles, sitting in a funny position, wearing <laughs> special outfits, you know, all that stuff is extraneous. It's part of the terrible marketing campaign that, the, that sure, I sure. talked about before. So it re- that moment was very clear for me. The first time I meditated, it was very frustrating at the same time. I, you know, it was like holding a live fish in your hands. You know, it's, the mind is really slippery and you realize how active and how, how insane you are basically when you try to meditate. But it was it was it only took a few weeks before I started to notice benefits. One was focus. You know, we all have we all live in this uh, age of distraction that I talked about earlier. But but I actually have other people's voices piped directly into my head, uh, you know, because I have to go live on television when Uh uh people (laughs) or producers are in my ear. And so I, I need to be able to stay focused under high stress situations and meditation, the daily exercise of just trying to focus on this one thing at a time, getting lost, starting again, getting lost, starting again, ad nauseum, really helped me stay on task. And then the second benefit was it was the, this mindfulness piece, which 
really helped me be better at not just popping off every time some passing neurosis flitted through my consciousness. And and the moment I really knew it was working when I would I would overhear my wife at cocktail parties telling people that I was less of a and like that's the litmus test. You know, do people around you notice there's some difference? It doesn't have to be a dramatic difference, but some difference. That's always a bonus. People think you're improving your life. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Does the time of day matter? Do you do this like first thing in the morning? Are you like a, a Hal Elrod miracle morning person? I think if you are not a morning person, you should not do it in the morning. I try to do it, you know, early, not super early in the morning, but like after a couple party, you know, taking the dog out, come back in, like before starting work, we're going to sit down and do try my meditation habit. But I found like it was putting me back to sleep. Like I was like, okay, I'm very yeah, calm, yeah, yeah, but like yeah. I need to get up and, and get to work right now. Yeah, yeah. So that morning is probably not a great time for you. Okay. For some people, it's a great time. I think very individual. So you, you should experiment. Some people really like to do it right before they go to bed, right before dinner, right before lunch, mid-afternoon when you need a break and you're, uh, you want to walk away for a minute from your work. There are lots of good times to do it. Okay. Yeah, I think I think everybody can have five minutes to invest in in exercising your brain. You know, for these for these noted benefits. I'm curious. You know, why do you think it works? Like this is something you know that's been around for thousands of years, but it, it seems that deliberately, like sitting there doing nothing, seems counterproductive to get me toward my goals. Yes, it does. I was talking to. There's this really interesting psychiatrist here in New York City who I write about a lot in my book, who I became friends with. His name is Dr. Mark Epstein, and even really reading his books, uh, op- you know, opened my eyes to the power of meditation because here's a guy who's not like a self-help guru. He's a Harvard-trained physician and has been meditating for a long time. Is really interested in Buddhism, and you know, I, I, I have a podcast myself, uh, also called Ten Percent Happier. He was on recently, and he was he was just saying to even to him, it's a mystery. Why does this thing work on the most basic level though i do think it's this just exposing you to this thunderously obvious fact which is that you have a mind and are thinking and when you're unaware of this conversation you're having with yourself it yanks you around when you become aware of it through this kind of systematic chinese water torture of meditation you then all of a sudden are in a radically different position. And again, the first time you meditate, you see the torrent of thoughts and impulses and urges and emotions, and you can't unsee that. And that is really, if you, again, if you go in with the right attitude of like, okay, I'm not expecting any special result. I'm just going to see what's there. Then that's a very powerful experience, a very powerful experience. Now, as you practice and, okay, my mind wanders, okay, center back on my breath, my mind wanders, center back on my breath. Like, have you found yourself going longer and longer periods of being able to focus? 
Yeah, sometimes. Some days it's her. You know, like some days I'm just kind of all over the place. Okay, I'm like trying to figure out like is that the is that the goal to be able to go like ten minutes straight of just like oh I was I was super on today. This is a tricky thing because in part it's great if you can build up your powers of concentration, but by the same token, trying too hard to do that is a hindrance to doing it. So the issue of effort and what is talked about in Buddhist circles as right effort is a really tricky one because striving too hard can absolutely get in the way of getting anywhere in meditation. It is unlike anything else you do in your life where you do the thing and expect a certain result. It is a subtle art in that way. So what I have worked on instead of trying to go longer is to be more skillful with the moment of waking up. And it's taken me seven years to figure this out. And even though I've heard it from meditation teachers a million times, I always ignored it. And only now am I really starting to take it more seriously. That the most important thing is actually working with that moment where you realize you've been distracted. And instead of falling back into sort of useless, counterproductive self-laceration, just actually taking interest and some delight in the moment, this mystery of like, how did I come back to my senses here? Okay. How did this even happen? And then having the grit to just begin again and again and again. Over time, that's where I've seen some gradual improvement, although I'm still terrible. Very good. Well, Dan, thanks so much for joining me. It's 10percenthappier.com. You can find the book on Amazon. You can find the app at that uh, URL. And uh, let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. I have to say, this is also going to sound pretty woo-woo, but I've really learned that if you figure out what you love to do and are good at and just go for that with extreme prejudice it tends to work out the happiest people i know are not the people who like aced high school and college and went to princeton or whatever not that there's anything wrong with that but the happiest people i know are doing things that they absolutely love to do and are really good at so if you can figure that out you got it made i think we are both uh, very blessed to be able to to do that work each day absolutely awesome thanks Dan. thank you this edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. With all the voices in your head screaming for attention in your business, see what I did just there? There are two ways to calm down. The first, of course, is the mindfulness meditation practice like we talked about with Dan, and the second is FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks is the award-winning cloud-based accounting service that's giving thousands of side hustlers, freelancers, and entrepreneurs like you the tools you need to save time billing, get paid faster, and in a more organized and professional way. After all your effort in landing a customer and delivering awesome work, the last thing you need to worry about is how to actually get paid. Now, FreshBooks understands side hustlers because they were side hustlers. I met with their team at Podcast Movement earlier this month, and they explained that the co-founder, Mike, uh, was running a design firm at the time and was just frustrated with the lack of awesome accounting software. So he built FreshBooks from his parents' basement. And since then, the platform has been used by more than 5 million customers to collect billions of dollars in revenue. Like, how awesome is that? So check them out for invoicing, auto billing, time tracking, expense tracking, and, and a ton more. Hit up freshbooks.com slash side hustle or enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about a section. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for your free 30-day trial. All right, so my top takeaways from the chat with Dan. Number one, meditation is exercise for your brain. We make an effort, or at least we should, to keep our bodies in good condition, but are we neglecting our minds? So Dan's presented us kind of a quick way to do these brain bicep curls. I really like that analogy. I think framing it as exercise is going to help me 
better stick with it than framing it as you know, just this, you know, mental practice. Number two is the compound effect. I know he, he joked about the 10% happier thing, but I think meditation is a great example of a potential slight edge or, or compound effect habit. Like it checks all these boxes, you know, it's, a, it's something you know you should do, something you think is going to be a positive habit, but doesn't have any immediate impact one way or the other. I could skip it and, you know, I'm no worse off. And the only way to know is to keep at it over time. So the compound effect, takeaway number two. Number three is look, you're, you're already doing it right. Yes, that's really all there is to it. There's no magical unicorns or visions of enlightenment. And like, I don't know what I was expecting the first time I sat down to actually meditate, but I, you know, have heard about it, uh, you know, from all of these thought leaders and, uh, and other podcasters to say, this is the greatest thing. And whatever I was expecting definitely didn't happen. So it was really helpful for me to hear Dan say, no, that's okay. Like you're, you're doing it right. That's, <laughs> the experience that you're experiencing is pretty standard. Time of day doesn't matter. The length of time doesn't matter. According to Dan, it's the practice is what matters. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to commit to doing this for, uh, commit to a meditating practice for uh, the month of August, at least. And I'm going to share my results if if there are any. And I know apparently I shouldn't be so <laughs> expected on what, re- what the results are going to be. But I, I want to invite you to do the same. I want you, um, if you're interested in that, uh, you can join my meditation challenge, totally free, very informal. Uh, just leave a comment uh, on this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash meditate and say, hey, I'm in. So what I'm, I mean, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to set a daily alarm on my phone. It's going to ping me and I'm going to know that signal means it's meditation time. Now, if you already have uh, an established meditation habit, I'd really like to hear from you as well. Like what has worked for you to get into the practice, what benefits you're seeing from it, and you know whether or not it's part of a larger daily ritual or daily routine for you. So a couple of people have asked about my morning ritual, and I, and I usually answer, and maybe this will sound familiar, well, I get up, and then I try and get as much stuff done until it's not morning anymore. In, in any case, I hope you enjoyed this chat with Dan, and hope it set the wheels in motion, um, really for, for both you and I, that we can, we can work on getting 10% happier this year. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. We've got Neil Patel on the program next week. We're talking traffic hacks for both new and established websites. You're going to love it. Stay tuned for that, and hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. Is there a more dreaded question than what's for dinner? Meal planning and eating well to hit your nutrition goals doesn't have to be complicated. Our sponsor, Factor, makes it easy by sending delicious, ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals right to your door. Every week, you've got over 35 different menu options to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie options, and more. Some personal favorites of ours so far have been the garlic mushroom chicken thighs and the Indian butter tofu. These are restaurant quality meals ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. It's the perfect easy button solution for busy side hustlers and couples. And it's not just dinner either. Factor has nutrient-packed snacks, smoothies, breakfasts, and more. And hey, plans change, which is why you can scale up or down your meals or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. 
Head to factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 and use code sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That's code sidehustle50 at factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Big thanks to Factor for sponsoring the show.